Hi, my name's Sarah, and I'm going to tell you a bit about me. I'm an x-ray doctor, and I've been screened for breast cancer from quite young because my mum had had breast cancer around the time of her menopause. It was pretty quiet at work, so I popped in and stuck my head around the door of the mammography room and said to the girls, can you squeeze me in? Yes, I did mean that as a gag. The previous year, in October 2004, I'd had stereotactic biopsies for changing chalk deposits in the breast. Now, stereotactic biopsies sound great, but that doesn't mean that you've got banging tunes going on in the background. It basically means that they look at the chalk from two different angles. Anyway, they all turned out to be fine. So when my mammogram popped up on the screen in 2005, I was shocked. I turned to the radiographer and said, oh, insert as many asterisks as you like. That wasn't there last year. I wasn't surprised to be told that the breast radiologist wanted me back upstairs for an ultrasound. My right breast had always looked like an accident waiting to happen. And now it had. I went back up and said, I'm only on the metre till half four. The response was, don't worry, we'll get someone to feed it. By now, I had figured out I had breast cancer. To me, the lesion on the mammogram looked quite small, and I was scanned by the man who had taught me all the breast cancer I know, sorry, all the breast imaging that I know. He went very quiet, claimed he couldn't multitask. He turned the screen towards me, and there were at least three tumours on that image alone. That's when I cracked. It turned out there were 11 in total. And as a doctor, I knew I'd have to have a mastectomy and chemotherapy and possibly radiotherapy. So I didn't get the normal kind of drip drip of information that patients get. It was more of an avalanche. Since the diagnosis was made, I've often been asked whether it was better or worse for me being a doctor. I think the answer is both. I was well aware of complications, but I had a pretty clear idea of what could go wrong. But... It worse than that, it was the inevitable blurring of the doctor-patient boundaries. The day after the diagnosis, I went to do a list. It was full of old blokes moaning about having to get up to pee at night and telling me, oh, you don't know how awful it is. So much of me just wanted to batter them with the ultrasound probe, shouting, you've got no idea what I'm going through. I decided it was safer not to see any patients prior to the surgery. Safer for the patients, that is. The rest of the week was filled with tests, needles, biopsies, needles, needles... I'm terrified of needles, unless I'm on the plunger end. Many staff I encountered during this time seem to find this hard to believe at best and laughable at worst. Doctors make really lousy patients at the best of times. We think we know it all, even when we're miles out of our specialty area, and colleagues collude in this by not treating you like any other patient. A year after the surgery, I needed my implants revised. In my wisdom, and they let me do this, I decided not to spend the night in the hospital, insisted I didn't need a drain. I went to theatre at 3pm and by 8pm I was home. The wound oozed a lot and all of the steri-strips fell off within a couple of days. Ten days later, I had septicemia and I was back in hospital. Doctors are simply very bad at giving themselves the space and time that we need to recover. On the good side, at least I'm not frightened of hospital smells, anaesthetics, jargon or any of the tiny little fears that confront a lay patient. I was able to source really good care and make informed decisions. I managed to work throughout my chemo and the response from patients was amazing. Spotting my bald head, they were supportive and empathetic. Many relieved to see that doctors are not immune to disease. We swapped tips on dealing with hair loss, dreadful early menopause and I learned a lot. I also had a couple of people hit on me because I was bald and one patient asked me if it was a, in inverted commas, lifestyle choice. Well, that was way back in 2005. 
Fast forward 10 years to 2015 and I'm supposed to be celebrating the date of being cured. That was when I found a lump in the other breast. The most terrifying Groundhog Day ever. Another mastectomy and chemo, which has left me with no feeling in my fingers or toes and I have a complete lack of balance. But at least I'm still here, so when many friends are not, it's a difficult daily tightrope wobbling between gratitude and survivor guilt. I do try to make the most of every day. My tip to any doctors who find they're diagnosed with a life-threatening illness would be this. Leave the medical degree at home, metaphorically speaking. Don't listen to the advice that your specialist is leaving you. Listen and take it. Above all, remember, it's okay to be scared and it's okay to feel exhausted and tired and it's okay to take painkillers and need antidepressants. Contrary to what we would have people believe, under the white coat, we're still human.